Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. We suck so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will. Um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, Good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage. The Wake and Bake Club, 469 text are already on it. Wake up, bake up, it's time to suck. Indeed it is. Let's take attendance on Saturday Suckage. Robber, you there? If I think it sucks, sucks and it freebases. Mike Tomlin? Uh, sucking. Dr. Don Cooper? If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks, really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Chris Rock as caretaker. I suck so bad, they used to pick me after the white kids. Rick Camp. I mean, Rick. I always suck. So <laughs> There you go. Welcome to the show, Rick Camp. <laughs> Rick is burn. in Those for Mark rare. Brody because... Mark Grody has Bears things to do on a real live radio station, and we're just here on Saturday Suckage. But Mark Grody will be on this show. It is his show. He'll be on the show. Right now, there's Rick Camp from the I'm Fat podcast. Rick, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? It's uh, it's This is my first experience. I was telling uh, Trash Panda before the show that this is my first chance to host more than a Bulls post game from home, and uh, I'm here for it. I, I like this, you know, 
showering not necessarily required before doing a show because I'm just I get to sit in my own filth inside my own place and you know I can be a, a you know an actual human later in the day. Uh, good luck on that. That sounds wonderful. You should be part of the E Online discussion about the uh, Mila Kunis and and Ashton Kutcher and everybody weighing in on whether you should bathe yourself or your baby. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not or, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not this, that far. Wait for the stink, and that's how it goes. All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. We are broadcasting from the Scores Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is. This is quite a day for Saturday Suckage. It's Justin Fields Day. The Cubs lost 14-10 to in Miami last night. It's Justin Fields Day. The Sox were off. It's Justin Fields Day. Wilson Contreras is on the injured list. Good luck finding any Cub you've ever heard of. It's Justin Fields Day. Eddie Goldman is off the COVID list. Not sure if he's going to play. It's Justin Fields Day. Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune tweeted out this photo of the Team Gear trailer at Soldier Fields. And he said, Fields gear was sold out, not just in the trailer, but throughout the stadium. Hey, Rick, did you know, is this coming as news to you? It's Justin Fields Day. Oh, there's a Bears game today? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's really... Yeah, oh, there's a Bears game today. Uh, you know, that that's good to know. Really, I mean, really what I'm tuned in for, you guys can have your Justin Fields, but will there be more points in Bears-Dolphins than there were runs in Marlins-Cubs? This is what I need to know today. Can the Bears outscore the Cubs? You mean, can they get more than 10 points? Yes. I mean, they I have about the same number of healthy offensive linemen, so, you know, yeah, it seems that's... pretty fair. So that leads me to this question. We will talk with Mark Grody. Actually, guys, just got an update. Grody can't join us, but I'm working on getting someone else. So I'll let you know. What a jerk. Yeah, I know. Really? What? Like, come on, man. (laughs) Just because he has some stuff to do for WBBM, the Bears flagship. Jeez. Yeah. Well, so Tom Thayer will come on, won't he? You can get there. If they get Grody, we get there. (laughs) Let's do a trade. Let's get Jeff Joniak while we're at it, huh? No, Thayer. Oh, okay. Joniak. Not not yeah. jo- not Joniak. Okay. Thayer no, no, we don't. We we not even as a throw-in. We don't even want him as a throw-in. We want Thayer. That's it. And I I would have asked Grody this. I will ask you this, Rick, and I'll ask our uh, textures at three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven, which is also the same number you can call this station. We do that. We end up with once every three hours. That's our metric. We get about one phone call every three hours. 312-644-6767. But, as you brought up, Rick, this offensive line. Should Justin Fields be playing at all? It is kind of ironic, considering how Matt Nike has handled preseason in the past. And this <laughs> yes. is the worst offensive line situation he's had. Since he's been here, mind you, mostly self-induced by uh, by his uh, GM, but I, I think he should play some, you know, couple series here. And obviously, if the first one is a complete train wreck and you just see that nothing can happen with this offensive line, nothing can be accomplished, then maybe you, you know, hey, Nick Foles, have fun the rest of this game. You do that a little bit sooner than you were thinking before, but Giving Andy Dalton one, maybe two series, fine, I guess. Justin Fields, one, maybe two series. 
fine by me i i guess but you have to you know make that judgment on the fly and of if it's too much of a train wreck to be able to accomplish anything to be able to even just run functional offense then you just got to pull that plug real quick and get him out of there because obviously his health is paramount to anything else that can happen today guys it should be noted that four of the best def- defensive players for the dolphins will not be on the field today so that should be helpful to the offensive line not that i think it's going to look great i'm just just that'll be helpful like xavier howard's not going to play jalen phillips isn't going to play so it should that that a little bit better than what it might have otherwise been for the offensive line okay well anybody else who's out there to make a name for themselves knows the bears offensive line sucks and the dolphins coaches will tell them that and said this is your chance to make the team this is your chance to put something on tape that's how that's how preseason that's how practice games go put something on tape that's the phrase that's the way it works by the way i had a thought uh trash panda and by the way, we will discuss huh? Trash Panda and Trash Pandas and Trash Panda food later in the show. This is the nexus of I'm Fat Podcast and I'm a Trash Panda. How about Patrick Manley? Call him. Can we get him on at 1120? He's got a beer to sell. I, I already beer. asked someone else, so if that person can't, then I'll then I'll ask Manley. Okay, or Olin Krutz? Because it's always safer for me to talk to Krutz when he can't I reach think, my neck. I think judging by Twitter, Olin's busy today. But I, I will, I, I'll see what I can do, guys. Okay. Well, Manley has a vested interest in this, to, uh, to, because he's selling beer. And then Grody had tweeted out there were what sixty thousand tickets sold for that. Was that what the deal is? That's that is a lot of tickets for a preseason yes. game. I mean, like, I, I'm not gonna get on people too much for wanting to go watch a football game in person. It's not my favorite thing in the world to do because obviously you can see so much more. Uh, like when you're watching on TV, but mm-hmm. I guess if there was a day to do it, today is a nice day. At least that's what it looks like from my window. I haven't actually ventured outside, nor do I plan to for a while, but <laughs> it looks like a nice day outside. So if there was a day to do it, I guess this is okay, but it's preseason football, man. Like what you're, you're going for the ambiance and to pay like four times for a beer, which you should normally yeah, but if it's Patrick Manley's beer, he's we we we'd be in favor of that. We'd it be, is a fantastic I, beer. It is a great beer. I can confirm that. Yeah. Uh, when he had the release party, uh, Trash Panda and I were both there, and I know he put on Twitter today that this that for <laughs> Trash Panda is one of the most drunk instances he had, and in, you know, <laughs> in his power rankings of being drunk, well, that was a hell of a night. In, in the last three years, certainly, yes, okay. it's, it's it's up there. Definitely, because because Manley just kept bringing us pitchers. I was like, okay, yes, I don't want to be rude. Right. No, <laughs> he was a perfect host. You got all you guys snockered. That's that's great. That's, great you know guy. What? That that's Patrick what a Manley. long snapper does, and that isn't that the name of the IPA. Long yep. snapper. There you go. It is very. And I'm not a big IPA guy, but uh, like that's like the perfect balance of like, hey, there's hops here, but not. But not the hey, I'm trying to overwhelm you with hops, and you're not going to be able to taste anything the rest of the day. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's the I'm Fat podcast weighing in on on actual uh, <clears throat> fluids as well as food, and we have a whole bunch of food to get to later. But one of the things that I would have asked Manly um, if we get him or somebody would remember when I, maybe Mike Martz's first year. And, and he took over and Jay's the quarterback, and 
he they had intended for him to go about eight plays, like two series, and he didn't even last three plays, something like that. He kept running out of bounds. That offensive line was so bad they had to get him off the field for his own safety. And I'm not saying Jay had four four uh, speed, but he had elusiveness. He was used to running. And that's what you were seeing. And that's what I fear, seeing that. And the Bears couldn't get that quarterback off the field fast enough. And if you need any reference for how bad this could be, and you want to make the comparison to Pat Mahomes, you want Justin Fields to grow up to be Pat Mahomes, that's great. Did you see Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year when he didn't have an offensive line, when neither tackle was able to block? Right? That's what it looks like. That's the scary thing. And he got hurt. Yeah, it's at least like like was mentioned, the fact that some starters aren't playing for the Dolphins. They have a list already out of, you know, also good for the Bears secondary, which is another huge question that like four of their best wide receivers are not playing. But yeah, when it comes to, to Justin Fields, it's if he's not able to run the plays and is running the run for your life play on first, second and third down, then really you're, you're not accomplishing anything. And just a note on just how bad the offensive line is, even when healthy, uh, Brandon Thorne writes about offensive line play for establish the run. And he also has his own newsletter and podcast called trench warfare. He's one of the, the foremost authorities on offensive line play before the season starts, right before training camp ranks all the offensive lines one through 32 when the bears were healthy they were 31st well at least they weren't 33rd at least they weren't behind like the you know i don't know the alabama second yeah (laughs) (laughs) something like that I, i i think it's really a it's not just one guy that makes this offensive line work but when you, when you see the problem this offensive line is, and it's going to be everybody's, right after you watch whatever Justin Fields does, you're going to be watching that offensive line for every quarterback out there. And the likelihood is this. You're going to come back to say, what was Ryan Pace doing? He traded up. Now, I... Obviously, Tevin Jenkins isn't the first time Ryan Ryan Pace has traded up for a guy who can't play, or certainly hasn't yet. Ryan Pace is used to trading up for guys who can't play. But this was a guy who came pre-injured. This was a guy who was going to be playing a different position. So he's pre-injured, he's out of position, now he's just out. And you had no tackles, your other tackle got hurt. I don't know if... Pace and Nagy collaborated on this disaster. I'll hang up and listen for my answer. But this is, if you're Ryan Pace and you're trading up to get, you're making a move to get Justin Fields and you don't protect him with something smarter than making a a guy who's never taken an NFL snap play out of position to the most important position on the offensive line, this looks like professional GM malpractice. I don't know. I, is there another way of looking at it, Rick? You have like 14 tight ends surrounding the left tackle who can't play, and then you dare Justin Fields to make a play? Yeah, you throw in four Brandon Manumaliunas, you have Allen <laughs> Robinson on the outside, and yeah. you just have to make the defenders go through, go through or around 
everybody. But it, it all ties together for Ryan Pace of because, okay, you may, you draft Justin Fields. Cool. Awesome. Here for it. But then you draft Tevin Jenkins. Oh, okay. You know, coming into it seemed like a decent pick at the time. And I'm not going to write him off because he's hurt right now or whatever. But you had you, for, you know, because of cap concerns or just, you know, because of hubris, he decides to, they decide to cut Charles Leno, who wasn't good, but at least is, you kind of know what he is. Like he's not a 100% turnstile. He's at least something. But the thing is you have no depth at any, at many positions just because you keep trading up. You don't have the extra picks to be able to get guys that could develop into, if nothing else, decent backups. And then you're spending money on free agency to fill those holes because you don't have guys that can fill those backup spots. So even those little bits of extra salary here and there keep adding up. And when you're also having to trade up in the draft or trade for or sign guys that are going to be way overpriced because you miss your high picks, that means you have to cut a guy like Charles Leno who would be able to play left tackle while Tevin Jenkins is hurt. And then this is still a problem, but it's not, oh my God, the quarterbacks might die type of awful. So it's all <laughs> cyclical and works together. And it's so frustrating because while Pace has obviously had his hits, it's just everything works in concert. So that's why it's this year is so interesting of how much success do you really want outside of the quarterback just for the mild chance that after the season you might be able to get new people in here and it's it's fascinating and it, it really starts today because if you want to test the depth and the overall roster construction of a team preseason's not the worst time to look at it okay here's the here's the war on the text lines the tech zone is brought to you by rosen hyundai of algonquin save on save time shop online at rosenhyundai.com the 773 texter, still trying to get Pace fired when he is one of the best GMs in the league. Moron. Which okay. league? Yeah, I'm just, you know, is there a Stratomatic football league? I mean, he's, but, but here's the, the text that follows it immediately on our, in our text zone, 224. Keep going on Pace. Guy is going to get our quarterbacks killed. That's, that's it. There you go. They're, they're. Fighting about pace, the fa- and I would imagine mm-hmm. that the 773 texter is tied to some McCaskey number because they're the only people dumb enough to believe that Ryan yes. Pace knows what he's doing. Well, but- and to be fair, he followed it up, too, by saying, no, if you saw the film, Leno was completely awful. And, oh, that's what I forgot to do. I didn't watch the games last year. That <laughs> yeah. was it. That was my problem. Go. Or the fact that even though he's not that he's I'm not even I'm not saying he's good. I'm not even really saying he's average. The fact that he's not Elijah Wilkinson or Arlington Hambright might actually help you out a little bit in terms of maybe not even keeping your quarterback upright more often than not, but keeping him alive. That's isn't all today, that, that's all I'm saying. Isn't today the running of the Arlington Hambright race? Isn't that the way it's going? <laughs> If there's a race for Arlington Hambright, seeing as he looks like he listens to my podcast, I don't think there's running involved. That's the I'm Fat podcast. That's the voice of Rick Camp. Happy to have him in. He's in for Mark Grody. Uh, This is his show, but Grody is not on this show. He was supposed to be on the show, but he's not on the show. Oh, we have an update, by the way, guys. Cam Ellis is going to join us at 1140. Nice. Okay, he's not Patrick Manley. I, I told... Well, here's the thing... 
Steve. I had already asked Cam before you said, hey, maybe Patrick Manley, and it would be quite rude to then revoke my offer before I even had a response. Does Cam That's have true. his own beer? Not that I'm aware of. He might. Oh, I don't okay. know. I'm <laughs> sure he's got one at hand now. He agreed to go on this show. True. He's, he's got to be doing day drinking. All right. We'll have Cam Ellis coming on the show at 1140. When we come back, this is a – this the. The mess the Bears seem to be walking into, all the excitement and all the fear. And there are more fears I want to bring up, but this is a great opportunity. And I want to talk about the person who could make the greatest contributions to Justin Fields and Ryan Pace and this offensive line. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Rick Camp. This is Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Rick Camp is in for Mark Grody today. It's Justin Fields' day, and the text line, our text zone is just quite the place. Quite the place for this. The 815, love you guys, but his pace sucks really as in-depth as we're getting today on Justin Fields' day. Come on, boys, feed the monster. Give us something to believe in. 
I'm stoned. Well, you didn't really have to tell the Wake and Bake Club that you're stoned if you're... Smoke weed every day. If you're from the 815, that's our baseline for you. But somebody else from the 815 is ripping me for being critical of the back problems of Bears Draft Choice that he calls Kevin Jenkins. Okay. I'm just going to leave that right there. Maybe he is talking about Kevin Jenkins, and you're talking about Tevin Jenkins. Right, and and only if only the Bears had drafted a guy, maybe Kevin Jenkins doesn't have any back issues. All right, so I we talked about the the whether Justin Fields should play or not, how safe or unsafe it is. We talked about that offensive line that the Bears have addressed, and they're not going to even talk about it publicly. They have to be fearing. For their lives. And like you said earlier on, I, I had written down, this should be the game that, that Nagy sticks it to Nick Foles for his comments about what a bad coaching staff it was compared to how great Frank Reich's coaching staff is and how Philadelphia adjusted. Nick Foles should play the entire game. That, would, that should be Nagy's revenge. But whatever is going on, with the Bears offensive line and whatever they want to see from Justin Fields, and I get the excitement, I really think this is, especially because of this offensive line, this is the day David Montgomery gets to show how different he is from from the way he started his career, the way you could see him grow last year. This is a, a chance to say, I'm here. I can make t- life better for Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. I can run the ball. We can force them to respect it. We can get more time for a quarterback behind a bad offensive line because they have to worry about me. I just think David Montgomery's huge, not just this game. This is the first chance. But I think this season, he's huge. Yeah, he absolutely is. And I mean, all things considered, when you look at some of the after-contact numbers or where first contact was happening last year, he still did a a pretty damn good job last year. It's just a matter of him getting just that little bit of space so that, you know, because the reputation of him coming into the NFL was he can, he's got great balance, great contact balance. So when that first contact happens, he can get through that and get you an extra yard or two. That's great. If that first contact is happening two yards after the line of scrimmage. So he's able to get you at least four. But mm-hmm. when it's happening in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage, that's where it gets, you know, where it gets, it can be an issue. So if you have him and Justin Fields and they're able to do more of the zone read stuff where the defense has to take that split second to at least honor Justin Fields, that should help Montgomery out while he's trying to help out the offensive line and help out his quarterback. Because I think that's really a key to the entire thing is because this is just like the, the, it's such a different Matt Nagy, at least publicly and what he's saying of actually talking about, you know, playing guys in the preseason and the running game truly being a focus instead of it just being lip service of that. It's going to be going to matter and be a focal point of the offense and that everything builds off of it. So it's interesting for Montgomery, how much he's going to matter. And also how much it matters for Nagy's play calling. Cause I think that's something that it's tough to really talk too much about going into it because you just have to see how it happens. And of course it's going to be bland in the preseason, but all the excuses are gone 
for Matt Nagy of just saying, well, not my quarterback and a different quarterback. And, you know, people saying maybe that's kind of like what broke him is just not being able to trust this, his stuff because of the quarterback or because of other issues on the offense. Now you've got your dude. You have the offensive line that your GM built for you. Good, good luck with that one. But still of just it's Montgomery. It's the offensive line, but it's also that play calling from your from your head coach that insists he has to be the play caller. So it's tough to judge too much today off of that, but at least a little bit of how much is what's been said to this point actually going to manifest in what they to do today, but especially leading into week one, leading into week one against the Rams. Could be interesting. The most revealing thing that comes out today is is Matt Nagy. You make a really good point, Rick, about his play calling and what he said that you should never believe until you actually see it because he's not shown the ability to adjust to the game in front of him. He cannot call the game in front of him. So this is a guy with all kinds of wild drawings on napkins and and Denny's menus and we're going to call this and we're going to call that and it's going to be fireworks everywhere. And the game in front of him might be dictated by a slower pace, not Ryan Pace, he can't be much slower than that, but a slower evolution of this new toy that he has, of this product, of this explosive quarterback who can do everything. And Nagy's history, his profile tells you, he's much more likely to want to see everything that this new product can do than he would trying to make sure that the game is properly called, everybody's safe, that there's a sense of, if this were the regular season, what would we be doing? How would we be playing this? Because that's what you're practicing for. You're practicing for regular season. I, I think it would be interesting. I think you, you might learn about Matt Nagy's ability to actually be aware that running the ball is legal in the NFL, which is not something he's been familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just interesting, too, because that leads into what we can try to expect, at least today, first day from, you know, because it is Justin Fields Day. I don't know if you've heard, uh, but it is Justin Fields Day of just things we can reasonably bears, uh, expect from Justin Fields today. And I don't know about you, Rosie, but like the numbers don't necessarily matter to me. But like if it's especially in, in instances where maybe he gets any sort of time with play action from Montgomery. Just, I want to see him go through a progression at a decent speed. And if he's able to do that and make a couple plays, just quick decisions, that's really, if he does that today and it looks okay overall, I think I'm happy. That's really, I don't necessarily, you'd love to see a splash play that we've been hearing about that they've had at, at training camp. And we've seen a couple of them from, you know, not media videos because, you know, that can't happen. No, it's verboten. Yeah, but if we are able to see, you know, splash plays aren't important to me, but just working through his progression, see that he's thinking the offense well, and the fact that he stays on his feet more often than not, I, I would come out of this game very happy. If he gets a chance to do his progressions, then you will see a better offensive line than I'm giving him credit for, and I'll apologize for this, because his progressions are deep to short. He is not the guy to go that... To, to make his first read on the on the tight end doing two yards. He's going to wait until a play develops. He is one of the criticisms of Justin Fields was he held on to the ball too long. 
Well, the Bears kind of like that because he's holding on to take a deep shot. And if he's able to do that, and if he can do it without running for to protect every one of his body parts that, that, that the angry men are trying to, from the Miami, are trying to destroy, then we will have seen a better offensive line. That would be, I would, that would be a very happy development. We will we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Cam Ellis of 670thescore.com and Odyssey, and we will talk to him about his expectations, his views. We will figure, we will see what he thinks about this debut, and should Justin Fields be playing on Justin Fields Day? I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Rick Camp in for Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Are you going to try to get Justin some reps with first team skill players? Yeah, I would. I- some of the- it, it, that could happen. I mean, that's I would like to see that happen. Again, it just depends what happens on that first drive with with Andy and, and some of those guys. And but I would say there's a good possibility that that could happen. Now there might be there might be a time where we put him in, and it just so happens that a guy like Mooney isn't in there, but some of the others are. You know, but there might be one or two plays where Mooney is in. So it's just kind of a it's a feel thing. This whole preseason is going to be a feel. And it's okay if you feel a sense of dread with that offensive line and the next great quarterback the Bears are expecting to develop. That's Matt Nagy, the interim play caller for your Chicago Bears. He was Thursday talking about today's game, the practice game debut of everybody but mostly Justin Fields. This note from Soldiers Field. Bears nose, nose tackle Eddie Goldman, who was reinstated today from the COVID list. He will not play. Also included on the notable players list, not playing, inside linebacker Roquan Smith, inside linebacker Danny Trevathan. They'll be playing Miami. We're going to go to the scores hotline now, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome in from 670thescore.com and Odyssey, Cam Ellis. Cam... Rick Camp is here, and on Saturday suckage, we just want you to know, maybe you weren't aware that it had been just a wild rumor, but this is Justin Fields' day. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? What, uh, what position does Justin Fields play? Well, usually center field, sometimes right. He's a gold glove okay, right get, fielder, I, and, I he's, and he's good. I was going to say savior? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Just so, just a couple of innings out of Justin Fields today, you think? Uh, yeah, and then yeah, standard, standard. So, is it safe to play him at all? I yeah, they, I, I think it'd be less safe not to at this point, based on how many Bears fans would probably riot if they didn't get to see him. Um, so yeah, no, it's safe. You know, they'll they they won't play. Like I think it's going to end up being a lot more Nick Foles than Justin Fields at the end of the day, which I think we should all probably prepare for. But uh, it's as safe as it's going to be, I think. What are you looking to reasonably see from Justin Fields today in the little bit of time that he's out there? Uh, I just want to see him in live practice. And I know that, you know, practice is live at times at Hallis, but it's not really ever live for the quarterbacks. Um, so you just, I think you just want to see what everyone's working with, you know, like I don't think there should be any expectations outside of expecting to see him take snaps. So uh, I think people should 
get ready for a sort of base layer of Justin Fields, if that makes sense, and just seeing what it looks like with a pocket that is actually allowed to collapse on him and players that are actually allowed to hit him in the, in the, wa- in the waist or wherever it's going to be. Um, I, I, don't know what else, I don't know what else you really can expect at this point. Talking with Cam Ellis, he writes for 670thescore.com, Odyssey, our big national network, and we're talking Bears football, Bears and Dolphins today at Soldiers Field and Justin Fields Day. We were talking earlier, and I had begun with the point that David Montgomery can make everything a whole lot better for everybody, that offensive line and, and Justin Fields, and Rick had brought the conversation to Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy's seemingly inability to call the game that's there and his wanting to see what his brand new spectacular toy can do. And I was trying to compare that to the smart thing to do is to let your running back buy you some time. And it seems like this could be an opportunity to see an evolution of Matt Nagy or just backing up his own words. Do you expect that to start today? Or do you just think he's going to be out of control seeing what all the new gizmos and, and bells and whistles that are on this new quarterback? Yeah, I actually sort of think the latter. I, I think they're going to let him let it rip. I, I, I think that you're right in that it would be easier and it would maybe I, I think there's probably a really good argument to be made that – sort of easing him in is the right move, but I think they really are going to want to see what exactly Justin Fields is in NFL games. And, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be 100% of the playbook, and I don't know if, you know, Santa's sleigh is showing up today, but I think I think they're going to see a lot of splash plays. I think you're going to see him really sort of let it loose, and I expect that they're going to be three or four throws that Bears fans aren't used to seeing in terms of both both completion and both also just the way they're drawn up and, and the schematics of it. So I expect to see a little more fireworks than I think the average first preseason game of the year would normally have. Kim, how much do you believe that all the changes that have been made to the way the Bears have handled training camp and the preseason before are because it's, and it's hard to know this, obviously, but uh, how much is it based on true philosophy change, do you think, from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy versus just doing whatever they can to try and, you know, kick the can down the road and maybe take a little bit of heat off of them, you know, even though it seems like some of that may have just been done by taking Justin Fields in general. Yeah, that's a good point. I I think there is some learning here. You know, I, I don't I I don't think that you pivot that dramatically for optics, if that makes sense. I, I think there was a real issue with maybe the issue is not the right word i don't think how they approached preseason in years past was working very well and i you know i don't think that everyone's going to play 80 percent of the snaps or whatever it ends up being but i don't know i think that the the trend of playing no one ever for all four weeks it sort of fizzled out pretty quick in my opinion and i know like aaron Rodgers might not do it but but, but i think that for the most part these guys need a little bit of warm-up before week one. And I think the Bears showed it last year when they, they, they while they won some games early, things weren't looking particularly impressive early, and, and there were, the miscommunication was a problem so often, and especially the first half of last season, that I do think that they 
are going to appreciate being a little more prepared on the physical and mental side by playing guys a little more in the preseason than they did last year. Because it, last year, not having anyone play really at all last year didn't really do anything well for them at the end of the day. We're talking with Cam Ellis, Odyssey, and 670thescore.com. We're talking Bears football here on the Score Saturday Suckage. Rick Camp of the I'm Fat podcast was nice enough to join us in Mark Grody's place because he's out working for a big boy radio station. We're here talking Bears football. And the the idea of Eddie Goldman not being there is a bad thing. We saw what that defensive line is without him and without Akeem Hicks, and it's really scary, especially being able to stop the run, and then they get the right to rush the passer. So no Eddie Goldman today, no Roquan Smith. No Danny Trevathan, though some would argue no Danny Trevathan might be an advantage. I think <laughs> it is an opportunity to see, because I don't expect them to do an awful lot rushing the passer, I don't expect an awful lot of pressure, I see this as an opportunity to evaluate more than any among the, the people you can see, and you, you'll have much more tape on, is Kendall Vildor opposite um, at the opposite corner, and I think that is a a great opportunity for the Bears. One advantage of not being able to pressure, pressure, pressure. I don't know if you look at it that way, or is there a downside to this, or how would you characterize that? No, I think you're right. I don't think there's really. It's sort of an odd thing to say, but I'm not sure there's a huge downside in the preseason outside of someone being injured to you know guys sitting out in that in that sense that you can see these guys develop. You're right. You know, Kendall Vildor is one of the more important storylines. I know it's not as splashy as, you know, Justin Fields or even Tevin Jenkins injury, but Kendall Vildor, second quarterback's a big deal. You know, uh, it, it, is, it is a very important position, especially now in this sort of era that the NFL is in. And I, I don't know, you know, he's, he, he looked good in flashes. He's looked good this year, but I don't know if anyone has a great sense of how ready he is to really be a guy that is the second cornerback for us, for an NFL team. And it, 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 there's not, there's no harm in, in having guys throw at him 20 times or whatever it is today, because you're right. We need to see that. They want to see if Jalen Johnson is back at full health. You know, I, the, the, the cornerback position in general is so, there's optimism there, but there's really a lot of uncertainty. And I think these games like this are perfect for that type of thing where guys are going to be trailing receivers for probably significantly longer than they would with the A-team in there. And I know Miami's not really playing any of their starting receivers, but it never hurts to see it. And until, until it's on tape, you don't really know. I mean, these joint practices are good, but ultimately you don't really know. So you're right. It, it is a big day for a lot of guys that aren't just Justin Fields, and I think Kendall Vildor is second, if not tied for first in that category. Cam, outside of, obviously, Fields and Vildor, like you just mentioned, uh, who's someone that you're keeping your eye on? Just maybe not look, even looking for anything specific, but just to see how they're moving out there and just kind of get a gauge for so I actually think my answer for this is Darnell Mooney, and I, I and I think people know what they're getting, but I want to see what the next step looks like for Darnell Mooney. And I don't expect Allen Robinson to play a bunch today, and I, I don't necessarily expect Mooney to play until the fourth quarter either, but I think Mooney's going to get significantly more snaps than Robinson would. And 
Mooney flashed a lot of times, as everyone knows, last year. But there's going to need to be a certain level of consistency that comes with second-year players, regardless of how good the rookie season was. And so I want to see what his relationship with Justin Fields looks like. I want to see the timing with him and Andy Dalton. I want to see what he's improved on. I want to see what the coaches have in store for him. I want to see what other teams scheme for him, considering that he is going to be someone that defensive coordinators scheme for this year in a way that they never had to last year. So I want to see what his increased role in the offense looks like, because having someone besides Allen Robinson to be consistently throw the ball to, especially with the speed he has and the vertical um, route running abilities he has, I, I want to see what that looks like after a full offseason of developing and OTAs and, and, and being at Hallis all summer, because that, that to me is a big part of what unlocks this offense and makes them a, a viable offense in terms of not being, you know, 27th in points and yards and whatever it is. Cam, we're, uh, we appreciate your time. We're going to let you go get your ankles taped and get, get your shot at Toradol and get ready for this practice game. Thanks, thanks uh, for I joining appreci- us. I, appreci- I appreciate that. I'm going to go jump in the uh, ice bath right now. There you go. There you go. Cam Ellis, 670discord.com, Odyssey, talking Bears football. We will um, change sports, me and Rick Camp over there on Saturday Suckage, and we will talk some baseball, some White Sox baseball. Rick, let's. we can't avoid, nor do I want to avoid, Field of Dreams and everything about that game and everything mm-hmm. that's great about that movie. And it was great once, Ray, and it can be great again. And and people will come, and they did, and they're talking about it. And some will leave so, in the sixth inning, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's just, Ranji is, Ranji is a beautiful person. I just, <laughs> really I is. love the whole, I love the whole Ranji aura, the whole Ranji experience being, just being a, you know, a, a secondary, a minor star in his, stay in his orbit is a wonderful thing. So, anyways, I had, I, I, movies that I love, like Field of Dreams, and Miracle, I just love the the trivia, the stuff around it. So, Moonlight Graham, and a couple months ago, Grody and I did a show on the day that Moonlight Graham played his one game and never got his at bat, the real Archie Moonlight Graham. So, Burt Lancaster was unaware that Timothy Busfield, right, who played Costner's angry brother-in-law, mm-hmm. Burt Lancaster apparently was unaware that he was part of the cast, and he had Timothy Busfield fetching water and chairs. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> where does where does Field of Dreams rate for you as a baseball movie? It's right up there. I think I've I've fallen a little. I wouldn't say out of love, but it's gone down a little bit for me as of late. Um, like I'll, the, the end is always going to get me. It just is like, it's a great ending to a movie. And as someone that like lost my dad within the last six years, like, you know, that part just hits home a little extra. So it's always going to be up there, but like, I I think I would probably put more fun stuff like major league and bull Durham, maybe above it. Like major league for sure is my number one, but like bull Durham and feel the dreams are right there for me at that two and three spot. I get back to you, Charlie. I got a guy in the other line asking about some white walls. <laughs> uh, I still cry at the end of Field of Dreams. I know exactly what's going to happen, but I cry mm-hmm. just like I cry at the end of E.T. And 
and for that reason, Field of Dreams remains the best. It's nonsense and all of that. And we'll discuss more of the nonsense and more of the trivia, but it was actually a real baseball game that was played there, and it could have a real impact in a lot of ways on this White Sox team. We will talk to Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB.com, next on Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.